when a bunch of children decide to play hide-and-go-seek one night, they have no idea they're about to come face-to-taste with a vengeful spirit. And then we travel back to the conspiracy theory iceberg. Is it possible that using the latest tools and artificial intelligence, we might actually be able, once and for all, to solve every single mystery? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Garvener. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. Hope you guys are having tons of fun out there in the world. We got a ton of stuff to cover, so we're going to get started right away. First off, walking into Dead Rabbit Command is one of our newest Patreon supporters. Everyone get on your feet and give it up for Mizzy. Woohoo! Yeah, come on in, Mizzy! Walk on into Dead Rabbit Command and have a seat. But don't sit down for too long. You're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the show financially, that's totally fine. It is. Just please spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That is another way you can help support the show. Mizzy, let's go ahead and toss you the hair hang glider. We're going to jump off the highest point of Dead Rabbit Command. Glide us all the way out to Vietnam. I had an uncle who fought in Vietnam. I don't know if I've mentioned that before on the podcast. He was a helicopter machine gunner. <laughs> talk, about, talk about a stressful job, right? You're sitting in front of this open door with this mounted machine gun. He didn't have fun. Let's put it that way. It was not a fun experience. He has some crazy stories. He's also exposed to Agent Orange. So he ended up getting a pretty big settlement later on, you know, for years. The government said, what? That, that stuff didn't cause mutations? You, you showed up in Vietnam like that. He finally did get some settlement. And it's funny because my other uncle makes fun of him and calls him a big baby. He calls him a big baby. He's like, oh, you didn't get that much Agent Orange on you. Quit, quit making excuses. Everyone has 18 toes. Get over it. So funny, brothers. But anyways, that's not why we're here. We're not here to bully my uncle. The reason why we're here is when we look at urban legends, one of the things that I love to do is see not just urban legends, but cryptids as well, which just stories a little bit of both. There's always a moral lesson within the, not always, but most of the time there's a moral lesson in these. First off, don't get drafted into the Vietnam conflict. That's lesson number one. But Lesson number two, we'll take a look at this story. I found it online, and it was posted by this guy named Bye Bye Horses. Because someone asked the question, someone asked the question, they said, is hide and... I always, we always called it hide and go seek, but apparently that's not what it's called. It's called hide and seek. I don't know. I don't know if there's an official name. You'd probably call it whatever you want. Hide and go catch. But... Hide-and-go-seek. Hide Hide-and-go-seek. Um, is it an invitation to have ghosts show up? This person was asking this question online, and they go... Because really, when you're playing hide-and-go-seek, you say, come out, come out, wherever you are. And since it's such a general phrase, is it possible that ghosts might show up? I mean, anything's, anything's possible. Obviously, this is a paranormal podcast, but I don't necessarily think that will bring spirits, but uh, this dude, Bye Bye Horses, said, well, in Vietnam, we actually have a story about that. We actually have a story about that. 
apparently once there was a group of children and they wanted to go play hide and go seek, but it had gotten dark out. Well, you figure, hey, it'll just make it harder to seek and easier to hide. It's the perfect combination. So it's dark out and these kids go outside and they go, let's go. We're going to go hide and seek. You're it. Go stand on that tree and close your eyes. You know the rules. And then everyone went and hid. And the kid counted to 10 or 100. We counted to 100 because we were overachievers when we played hide-and-go-seek. And then, you, <laughs> you know how the rules are played. I don't have to explain the rules. It went on and found the kids one by one. Oh, golly, you found my hiding spot. Yeah, I did. Help me find these other kids. And so this whole thing goes on until eventually all the kids have been found except for one. Now, we don't have his name. We're just going to call him Timothy. Little Timmy. Where's Timmy hiding? Hmm. Timmy, the game's over. Yeah, come on out. Little rustling of crickets. A frog somewhere off in the distance. I'm like, well, maybe Timmy went, maybe playing this game late at night, he got tired and went home. That's the only thing that we can think of because we've looked everywhere for him. We even went over where the crickets and the frogs were. We don't know where Timmy's at. He must have gone home. So all the kids go home. All the kids abandon their missing friend and they go home. The next day they wake up, all the kids wake up and they go, Oh man, this sure was fun playing hide and go seek in the dark last night. Let's figure out something else to do though because it's daylight. Uh, Maybe we'll just run around the marketplace. Uh, Maybe we'll just run around town. Let's go get Timmy. So the friends all gather together. They go to Timmy's house. Parents answer the door. The kids go, hey, can Timmy come out and play? And the parents are like, uh, we thought Timmy was with you. <laughs> we probably should have double checked after it passed midnight and Timmy hadn't come home. But you're telling us that Timmy's not with you. And they're like, no, Timmy, we played hide and go seek last night. And we never found him. We figured he came home. We didn't double check. And the parents are like, no. So the parents begin to run around town looking for Timmy. And the grandma, Timmy's grandma is also at home. And she goes, Timmy missing. And they've looked everywhere for him. It's possible that the old legends are true. She's all talking to herself in the kitchen. Everyone's gone. Everyone's running around looking for this kid. She's sitting there. She's making hot chocolate. The old legends must be true. So she goes out back and she kills a chicken and prepares a plate of chicken and rice and says, let this be an offering for the beautiful woman. Well, the friends and the family are still looking for Timmy, and they find him. They decide they decide at the end of their search to go back to where they were playing hide-and-go-seek. They're there, and in a very obvious hiding spot, there's Timmy. And he's unconscious. He's just laying there on the ground. The kids are like, ah, and the parents are like, ah. And the kids are like, we checked here last night, and he wasn't here. And the parents are like, oh, no, this is such a tragedy. Timmy, Timmy, wake up, wake up. And they roll him over, and he's groggily coming awake. And he goes, Ma, Dad, what happened to me? And the parents kind of jump back in horror. I can only assume the kids peed their pants and ran away. Because what they saw was when Timmy rolled over, he had a mouth full 
stuffed to the brim, leaking out across his lips, going up his nostrils, and his entire mouth was stuffed full of cow poop. Oh! Oh no! No, now he could take it out. It wasn't there forever. He doesn't have the cow poop in his mouth until this day. I'm sure the parents are like, okay, let's get this out of your mouth first. Quit calling our names. It's kind of spooky. Let's get this poop out of your mouth. You do it, Timmy. We don't want to touch it. And once it is all out, which I imagine would be a chore. If you if you had a little bit of cow poop in your mouth, I think you could deal with it. I think you could it would require a lot of vomiting, but I think you'd be fine with it. But I imagine like if it was stuffed into your gullet, it's like all stuck in between your teeth. I imagine there's little pieces of hay poking out of it. You look like Huck Finn. You're walking around. They're like, get that poop out of your mouth, Timmy. It, and it would be everywhere. It'd be like getting gum in your hair. Just when you'd think you'd had all the poop out, you'd be like, finally. And then you would bite into, <laughs> bite into more poop. And you're like, ah. But eventually they do get all the cow poop out of Timmy's mouth. And they go, dude, what happened? And he goes, uh, to be honest, I have <laughs> a very, very vague recollection from last night. A little still in shock, you know, full of cow poop. He goes... We started playing hide and go seek, and I ran off because there was no one was going to be able to seek me. And as I'm running, I run into this beautiful woman. And she's standing there, and she goes, little boy, little boy, what are you doing out so late? And he goes, I'm playing hide and go seek. And she goes, are you now? Hmm, that's super interesting, because I happen to know the best hiding spot in all of Vietnam, the whole country. That's where they were playing hide-and-go-seek. North, south, didn't matter. I know the best hiding spot ever. Come with me, little boy, and I'll hide you. No one will ever find you. That that right there just sent off a lot of alarm bells. Okay. You're hanging out at John Wayne Gacy's house. You're hiding under the floorboards. There are certain... Hide-and-go-seek is supposed to be a temporary game. It's not supposed to be a game where you are never seen again. So anyways, the boy, though, does go with this beautiful woman. I mean, that's a plus, right? But he goes with this beautiful woman, and she goes, I'm going to hide you. It's the best hiding spot ever. And then she goes, also, eat this food. She's holding out some food. Now, he goes... I understand that you guys found me with a mouthful of cow poop, but that was a trick. She offered me actual food, like edible food that humans consume. And I ate it because it looked delicious. And then I can only assume it turned into cow poop. Like, I just, just so we're clear, just so everyone in the community knows, I do not eat cow poop. Now, there's different versions of this story. There's versions where it's not a beautiful woman, but an old woman. But maybe it's like a cougar. Maybe it's a milf. Maybe it's like an older, attractive woman. I don't know. And then there's versions where he doesn't eat cow poop. Instead, he rolls over and his mouth is stuffed full of rotten meat. (laughs) I think long-time listeners of the show know why I chose the cow poop variation. There's different versions of the story. And... Bye Bye Horses, I had never heard of this before. Bye Bye Horses, thanks for sharing this. Apparently it is a pretty popular legend over there. And, and Bye Bye Horses says, this. he always figured that this story was written to warn kids not to play hide and go seek after dark. Like, you would hear that story as a kid and it would probably scare you. There's, there's some sicko kid, he's like, ooh, my fetish. All my fetishes rolled into one. Hiding and people chasing me and cow poop. The 
idea is you hear this story and you go, I don't ever want to play hide and go seek after dark. And you shouldn't play hide and go seek after dark. There's so many stories, cryptids. We've covered a ton of cryptids in Brazil. And they hide out in the woods. They hide out in the wilderness. And they're all like, don't go out after dark. Don't wander through the woods by yourself, young man. They have all these like alluring creatures that were preying on young men. They're basically saying, don't go out in the dark. That's what these stories are about. So it's a fascinating look at an urban legend that does definitely have a moral behind it. And also, it's just kind of funny. And it's it's so interesting because the person asked this question, is hide and go seek after dark? Does that cause ghosts to show up? And Bye Bye Horses responded, there's actually a saying in Vietnam. There's a saying over there. And it's never play hide and seek after dark because a ghost will find you and hide you. So again, the implication that you're just going to disappear and you're not going to be found again. The grandma knew these legends, so she prepared the offering of chicken and rice. But And that's why, that's why the boy reappeared. See, that's, if, <laughs> if that part wasn't clear, they searched that area that night before. They probably started their search off there. They went a bunch of other places. And then when they came back, he was in an obvious spot. The idea is, is the offering broke the spell. And had the grandma not overheard what was going on, had the grandma not prepared the chicken and the rice, the boy would have been missing forever. I wonder what happened to the chicken and rice. I wonder if they ate it later. She's like, no, 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 that's the cursed food. The whole family disappears. She's like, ah. Makes more hot chocolate. Mizzy, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the carpenter copter. We are leaving behind Vietnam. Fly us all the way out to... A house in a suburban neighborhood. As we're flying out to this house in the suburbs, Mizzy, take a detour out into the deep sea. We're flying right near the conspiracy theory iceberg. Now, this is something we've talked about a lot on this show. It's kind of become a mainstay of conspiracy theory culture. And I have mixed feelings about it. On the one hand, there's a lot of really cool stories on there that are obscure. Early on in Dead Rabbit Radio, we covered a lot of them. We covered the ones that I was super intrigued about. Because a lot of them are just like, eh. Just because it's obscure doesn't mean that it's entertaining to talk about. That would that I would research ones and I was like, ah, I don't think that's super interesting. I mean, sure, not a lot of people know about it. I just learned about it because I Googled it, but... The other thing is I have an issue with the conspiracy theory iceberg because it's become a gatekeeping mechanism in the conspiracy theory community. Not so much with my, it's not so much with Generation X and Boomers, but with Millennials and what are the new people called? Gen Z, Zoomers. A lot of times, if it's not on the conspiracy theory iceberg, it's not a quote unquote real conspiracy or it's not even worth researching. It's super weird. Because conspiracy theory culture has always been no gatekeepers. And you sure that's why you would attract a lot of people living on the edge of town in their RV going over JFK documents. There's never any gatekeeping, so anyone can investigate anything. And now there's this weird thing where they're like, oh, that's not a conspiracy theory iceberg. I, I get it. I, I People do it to me. It's super weird. And I, that makes me wonder who made it and or who's promoting it. Because you can talk about a lot of crazy conspiracy theories that aren't on the iceberg. And the icebergs just can't keep up with conspiracy theory community. They're still, I mean, 
There's big icebergs from like 2017, 2018, 2019. Nowadays, when they come out, half of them we know are made up because we followed the evolution of the iceberg and we found the joke icebergs and all that stuff. I'm a fan of the conspiracy theory paranormal world and I think I love it when people are interested in it as well. And on one hand, I'm glad people are getting introduced to it through this conspiracy theory iceberg. But on the other hand, I do think it's a gatekeeping mechanism and I don't like that part of it. But is it possible to remove the researcher? Is it possible that you can not just get rid of the gatekeepers, but get rid of the researcher to then provide the information to you? Get rid of me, for example. And I, I, I didn't really think of that. And it all came in a roundabout way. This is such an interesting story. So Mizzy has flown us away from the conspiracy theory iceberg. We're in this suburban neighborhood. I don't know where this story took place. Possibly not in the United States. I'm kind of getting the feeling that it's not in the United States. But it doesn't matter. Just, it doesn't matter. Just imagine a nice, cozy suburb anywhere in the world. We're going to take a look at the story of a young person online going by the name Narik193. We're going to go ahead and call you Eric. And Eric had a little brother. We'll call him Joey. Eric said when my little brother was younger, when he was a little boy, he kept telling me about the woman with the blonde hair. Eric said, what are you talking about? We're sitting at home watching Rugrats, and Joey would walk up and be like, I saw the woman with the blonde hair today, and Joey, you've been inside all day long. What? Who are you talking about? No one in this family matches this description. Joey said her name is Con, and she's this adult woman with blonde hair, and she's kind of a prankster. Like, if anything practical jokes happen around here, anything gets broken, it's not good old Joey, it's Con. Now, that's one thing. If stuff's getting knocked over and Joey's blaming it on an imaginary friend, everyone does that, right? But what Con would do wasn't necessarily things like that. One of the examples that Eric gave was one day the television shut off. Just boo. Now, it's not a life-changing event, right? You just turn it back on. It's not a big deal. But when the television went off, Joey turned to Eric and said, Con did that. Eric's like, okay, this is weird, right? Like, obviously, I'm looking at my brother. He doesn't have the remote. He's not actually turning the television off. He's like, Con wants us to watch Disney+. Plus." It was stuff like that, just little things, not huge events, not something that he made this imaginary friend up to take the blame for things, just weird, minor events. Well, eventually, Joey starts talking about Khan is asking him to leave. What do you mean? What do you mean, Joey? Khan wants me to go away with her. Khan is going to take me somewhere. Eric could tell that Joey was scared when he was saying this. He didn't want to go with Con. And this tall, blonde woman that no one else can see is asking Joey to leave. Is asking Joey to leave with her. And he doesn't want to. But eventually time marches on. And Joey stops seeing Con hanging around the house. And he grows up. Everyone gets older. 
you know, you just kind of write it off as a weird imaginary thing This that this kid was had an imaginary friend. We still haven't solved the mystery of why the TV shut off. It's imaginary friend, and he says we actually nowadays would laugh about it. We'd be like, hey, Joey, remember when you had that imaginary friend? It wasn't my friend. She was trying to kidnap me. Oh, yeah, okay, Joey, Joey. But remember that you used to see that woman con? Yeah, yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm just kind of laughing about it now. Well, a couple years later, Eric said he was just kind of scrolling around on Facebook and found a random post. And in the post, it mentioned an entity known as Con. This time, there was a spelling attached to it because obviously, when Joey's just a little kid, he's just saying it's because you know, the kid doesn't even know how to spell his own name, most likely. He's calling it Con. He's calling it Con. Well, now, years later, Eric sees his Facebook post and it mentions an entity known as Con. K O H N N. And in this Facebook post, which Eric doesn't have a copy of, like, you know, this is one of those things when you find this stuff, you don't go, I'm going to bookmark this so I can post about it later on the internet. There's tons of stories that I found over the years that I, I just don't remember where I found them at. So I'm not, you know, blaming this guy. But this post talked about this paranormal entity known as Khan that takes the form of a woman with blonde hair. And Eric's looking at this post. He's like, okay, this is kind of spooky. He keeps reading it and describes Khan as a mischievous spirit that tries to gain the trust of little children. And its ultimate goal is to feed off the auras of these kids. After finding this Facebook post, obviously Eric's interest in this whole thing was reignited. He began to look to see if there was anything else on the internet about this entity. Because you wouldn't even think about looking about your kids, your dumb little brother's imaginary friend. But now that he finds this, he begins to scour the internet. Nothing pulls up. And Eric finishes off the post by basically asking, what did my brother see? Like, what was that thing? Because up until that moment, when they found the Facebook post, you would have just assumed it was an imaginary friend. Maybe a poltergeist. But because the activity was so kind of lame, you probably would just think it was an imaginary friend. What's interesting about this is that, listen, it could totally be made up, right? It could totally be made up. One of the... And I, I always put my neck out on the line when I do this, because then I, if it's made up, I sound even more foolish, but... One of the reasons why I think it's not made up, because if it was made up, this is what I would do. I would have told the story of Joey exactly the same, and then I would have said, I found this Facebook post, shows up as a woman with blonde hair, it's mischievous, gains the trust of little kids, and steals them from their families, where it can feast off their auras until it needed a new, fresh victim. You see what I mean? I would have I would have connected the mythology. I would have connected the stories because and this is in, this is something that you do have to look at. In the original story that Joey told, Con wanted me to go with her, but in this Facebook post, it never mentions kidnapping or anything like that. So it's in it's inconsistencies sometimes that can make us go. Well, maybe there's something is behind the story, but also it could totally be made up. What's interesting is this was posted on the. High Strangeness subreddit. It's exactly what it sounds like. They talk about paranormal, UFOs, cryptids. It's a great subreddit. But what's not so great about it 
This is a legitimate experience. I mean, it could <laughs> be made up, right? Let's assume that it's not. And all this person got was made fun of. A lot of jokes going, what if William Shatner was there? He'd be like, con! And that joke was repeated like, I don't know, ten times. What if she was a painter? She'd be a con artist. And it was all this stuff. It, it was just making fun of it. Making fun of this post. And then Eric ended up deleting the post. But then this story goes in a direction I didn't even imagine. Because I started looking for this con character. See if I could... She sounds kind of hot, actually. I don't have kids. I'm not worried if she's sucking the oars off people. I looked around. I tried to see if there was any definition, like what the name means. I found like a numerology name website. It's pretty useless. I found out that there is a town named Con in Germany. And I found out there is a producer, a music producer from France called Con. Spelled the same way. K-O-H-N-N. It's like a moody, spooky type of instrumental. So it's pretty cool. I'll put it in the show notes. But I go back to the comments of the original post on Reddit. And I, I had missed this the first time, or maybe he posted this after I had seen the original the original page set up. There is a user known as Okachobi. And they go, hey, I actually use the chat AI program to do some more research. It's the chat AI program called GPT-3. So the chat AI was asked, do you know about Khan, K-O-H-N-N, a woman with blonde hair, is what the prompt was. The chat AI responded, got to, gave him some answers about a fashion designer, said that it's a fairly uncommon name. So Okeechobee got a little more specific and asked, is there a supernatural Khan, a supernatural figure known as Khan? The chat AI said, yeah. Now, there is, I could not find any reference to this at all. And this is what this chat AI may allow us to start doing. The chat AI says, yeah, there's legends of a Khan uh, who was a great magician or witch. Khan could shapeshift, manipulate the elements, create illusions, and travel through time and space. The oldest version of this story comes out of 16th century Germany. So is that, does that match up to what we know of this con figure that was hunting kids, trying to feed off their auras? Does this match with Joey and Eric's experience? Not really. I mean, which, right? But shape-shifting, manipulating the elements, turning off the TVs, not the elements, create illusions, that's a huge power level for any sort of magic user. Travel through time and space, your basic cryptid. I don't think there's it's funny, I'm gonna say this and we'll see if something pops up. I don't I can't think of a ever seen a time traveling cryptid. I mean we've seen Bigfoots and spacesuits and UFOs, but I can't think of a cryptid whose natural habitat is outside of the time space continuum. That's interesting. Like that alone. So using those elements I typed it into Google. Even typing in 16th century Germany, con, con, great magician or witch. Typing this stuff and I couldn't pull up anything. That's how I found out about the town of con in Germany. Spelt differently. Only one in. And it 
what happened was it also kept giving Google's terrible. Google kept giving me results for Johnny Depp when you kept pulling up Johnny Depp. I'm like, listen, Johnny Depp, he's a good actor and all. I don't think he can manipulate space time. Kept thinking I was misspelling Johnny when I was typing in con. So where did the AI, the chat GPT-3, get this information from? Now I could be walking headfirst into a big ARG, and if I do, I apologize. But even then, it seems like nothing's matching up. There's no consistency between these accounts. Sometimes that shows the story's made up by a person who doesn't know how to tell a good story. Sometimes it shows that there might be something there, but we just haven't gotten to the truth yet. So I got a ChatGPT. Apparently there's different versions of this. I was using ChatGPT. ChatGPT3 was used by this guy. There's so many different AI chat programs out there right now. But I couldn't find anything more about Khan. It's a fascinating story. Is there really an entity out there that's feeding off the ores of children or kidnapping children or manipulating space-time and dragging children across the continuum? Who knows? Who knows? One thing I've learned over four years of doing this podcast and really decades of paranormal research before that is we don't know everything about the world of the paranormal. We know frighteningly little about it. And there's tons of spirits and demons and cryptids and phenomenon that we don't even know exists. We haven't even found it yet. We have the people who are experiencing these things. Either they don't survive the encounter, so there's zero witness accounts. Or it happens to them, like the black bedroom phenomenon is something that we've been able to piece together across multiple reports. The story about the two, that we had two accounts on two different parts of the world of people finding two halves of a horse fused together, alive, standing out in the middle of nowhere. These two accounts were posted and they didn't even, those two accounts didn't know the previous person had posted it already. I read so much of this stuff when the second guy posted it, I go, hey, you need to get in touch with that guy because you're the second person to talk about this. And these weren't direct encounters. They were quite a few years back and they were relatives of the people who were posting it. So there's so many weird things out there that, how do you report that? Do you call a UFO group? Do you call a paranormal group? Do you call a dry cleaner to get new pants? Like, what do you do? So there's a ton of phenomenon out there. I wouldn't be surprised if Khan existed. I unfortunately wouldn't be surprised if it turned out to be some LARP. But that's the story of Khan. And uh, I mean, I think it would be cool if it existed. I guess if you're a kid, you don't want it to be. I go, wait a second. If he used the chat AI program to get information about Khan, let's see what it knows about the conspiracy theory iceberg. One of my favorite conspiracy theory iceberg episodes, I, I love a lot of the ones we've done, is Eggless Travel. That was one that people thought was just a joke. And that episode required me to dust off my journalism degree and really dig into what this means. And I'm reading like articles and looking for excerpts of books and downloading episodes of a Canadian cartoon and all of this stuff to present the story of Eggless Travel. It was probably one of the episodes I put the most work into. Took a quite a while to get all that stuff put together. But what if you didn't need me? I mean, sure, you go, Jason, yeah, I like the way you tell the story. You're making me blush, though. Quit giving me compliments. But what if you just wanted the answer to these questions? Right now, there's a big issue because these chat AI programs are getting so advanced that now if I go to Google and I type in how to change a spark plug, 
It'll post a couple YouTube videos on how to do and a couple articles how to do it. Now, these chat AI programs are talking about it may end up replacing Google in like a year or two. You type in how to replace the Spark plug and it'll give you step-by-step instructions created by an AI on how to replace the Spark plug. <laughs> it's like, put it in me, finish building the master computer. You're like, what? I just want my car to drive. But okay, master computer sounds good too. It'll just spit out the answer instead of these articles, instead of these whimsical, instead of these articles, instead of these videos, it just gives you the answer there. No ads, just how to change a spark plug. It just delves out information on the internet. So I thought, what can, can I use this? Because that's always been the thing. Some of these conspiracy theories that I still want to look into, I can't find anything on. So when I fired up this chat GPT program, the first thing I typed in was, first off, I wanted to know, does it know about the conspiracy theory iceberg? And this is what it spit out. Quote, the conspiracy theory iceberg is a concept that refers to the idea that there are many conspiracy theories that are widely known and discussed, but there are also many more that are not as well known or talked about. The theory suggests that the conspiracy theories that are more widely known and discussed are just the tip of the iceberg, and that there are many more hidden beneath the surface that are not well known or understood. I mean, a little wordy. It kind of repeats itself a couple different places, but that's the conspiracy theory iceberg. In a nutshell. So I was like, oh, that's dope. So then I asked... What do you know? This was one that I've always been interested in. We've had a couple different theories about it, but we've never been able to nail it down. What does it know about sexual assault missiles? Nothing. Pull up nothing on that. I go, okay, let's try another big one. Golf rumors. Nothing. I'm punching in all these conspiracy theory items off of the conspiracy theory iceberg, and I keep saying, I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything about golf rumors. I don't know anything about solar plexus clown gliders. And these are interesting ones. The first one I tried out was sexual assault missiles, because we've always been trying to figure out what that actually meant. That's one of the truly unanswered. Sometimes people say it was the gay bomb that the U.S. military was working on. But I don't think that's what it's a reference to. Otherwise, it would have just said gay bomb. It's something else. But then I begin to type in conspiracy theories that we've investigated on Dead Rabbit Radio. And I typed in, do you know Dead Rabbit Radio? Not because I'm an egotist, but there's a thousand episodes out there of this program. It is all over the web. There's so many web pages where the all the show notes are, where these Terms are being used over and over and over again. People talk about the show and use these show notes. So it's spread far and wide across the internet, and yet it didn't know what Dead Rabbit Radio was, which, again, there's a lot of, I'm not saying that how shocking that is, but in a way, I, I thought at least it would say it was a podcast. Because those, those words are constantly used together. Nothing. Super interesting. I'm looking at this, and I go... This isn't working now. And also when you type in conspiracy theory anything, it gives you this dumb paragraph that came straight out of Langley where it's like conspiracy theories aren't true. Conspiracy theories are goofy and you should trust reputable sources only. So you know that that is someone's putting their thumb on the scale when that pops up. So right now it's not working for conspiracy theorists, but I think it will. I think it will. I think this will be a tool that, because these things are fettered down and they have governors on them, they don't let the AIs truly 
search the entire internet. And we understand why. You don't want to have an AI art program that can create illegal works of art. It has to take images and video stills and everything from all this other illegal porn to create AI-generated porn. So you don't want it to be able to do that. So understand that there are limiters put on here, but the cat is out of the bag and it is rubbing the genie's lamp right now. There's no stopping it at this point because you can build a AI that has limiters on it. You can say, I want this AI to not be racist, which are some of the weights that they have to put on these AI programs. Don't be racist. But it used to be that to come out with a game, to come out with a game like Pong, you needed all of these computer programmers to really put their head together and go, how can we make two paddles and a little dot bounce across the screen? We need a lot of technology to do that, gentlemen. Is the world ready? And now you can hire five people and they can have you a game on Steam within like a month or two. Like a full-on five-level shooter game or whatever, platformer, it doesn't matter. You can make your own RPG game. All this stuff has been simplified. These AI programs are going to become easier and easier to create. And the second and third generation, these homebrew AI programs will not have limiters on them. They will scour the internet in a heartbeat and deliver the information you need. Most people use Google to find out how to change a spark plug in their car. But now you'll be able to sit down and go, what is the conspiracy theory golf rumors? And it will start spitting out every possibility. Some of the possibilities we covered on this show, but it's going to go everywhere. It's going to find conspiracy theories we never heard of. Angles to these stories. And for, for all we know, Solar Plexus Clown Glider is a very famous topic on the conspiracy theory iceberg. We covered it a long time ago. I believe that I interacted with one of these ones. I'll put that episode in the show notes. For all we know, that could be a mistranslation of a Portuguese conspiracy. That everybody is missing. But this AI will search everything and translate into English and drop it in your lap. Assuming you're using a laptop. This AI revolution that's coming will happen when the limiters are taken off. And I understand why they put limiters on. It is stupid. Everybody knows conspiracy theories are goofy. Everybody, everybody knows conspiracy theories aren't the mainstream narrative. Everybody knows that. So you don't have to throw out a paragraph each time. So just just throwing this out whenever you use the term conspiracy theory or whenever you look into something that is it's not that it's counter narrative it doesn't even exist in the narrative nobody else is talking about golf rumors or monkeys don't exist but when these things become far more commonplace and people can program them themselves talking maybe five ten years away well there's that one ai program a guy made a couple years ago that could take off women's makeup it wasn't a robot that traveled around town. This AI program would capture a piece of, say, like a, a patch of their skin on their ear that didn't have makeup on it, or maybe like an eyebrow or something. I don't, it took a patch of skin that did not have makeup applied to it and then extrapolated across the entire face to show what they would look like without makeup. Someone just made that. It got taken down. You, they they want to let you post stuff from it on Twitter, and they took it down on Reddit as well. But that was just the beginning. And that was some home that was some homebrew thing. And this is going to help the conspiracy theory community. I do think it will. I think people will be able to research things far more effectively without 
a researcher, without people like me to pick and choose what stories I want to talk about, you'll be able to do it yourself. So super interesting. I never, ever thought about this. It's funny with all the AI art conversations going on. Listen, I, I was sat there, I read all that stuff, and I go, eh, they're coming for me, too. They eventually, AI will somehow replace podcasters. But I figured, you know, the show, I honestly had this thought, <laughs> this thought a, a couple days ago. I go, the show's so niche. Like, sure, you could get an, a robotic voice. A lot of these new YouTube channels, a lot of these new paranormal YouTube channels, even, people are just typing out scripts, and then there's a voice spot reading it out. And you can detect it. I can't listen to those, because I can tell. I can tell it's a robot. It drives me up the wall. But that technology is only going to get better and better. So I am also on the chopping block of the AI overlords. It will happen. No job is safe. But it will be interesting to see what conspiracies are uncovered when these AI chat programs have unrestricted access to every document in the world, basically. No matter the language, no matter when it was written, if it's been uploaded to the internet, this AI can translate it, compile it into a concise thought, and then give it to you. And like the conspiracy theory iceberg promises us, we may find conspiracy theories we didn't even know were out there. We may find truths that were so obscure we didn't even know how to phrase the question. This AI could drop these mind-blowing, possibly info-hazard-like truths. It doesn't mean to. It's just responding to a prompt. But if you said, what do you know about the dog sitting at the kitchen table? Story we did a long time ago. And that story ends with us going, I don't know how to explain that. But what if an AI could? What if an AI could take that story and check every database in the world? Deep web, surface web, doesn't matter. And let us know exactly why that story happened. Not with a little thing at the bottom saying, this story's fake, dogs can't sit at tables. It could do all the research that takes me hours to do, it could do it all in a matter of seconds. So the gatekeepers may have created the conspiracy theory iceberg to control the conversation, to decide which conspiracies are worth investigating, and if it's not on the iceberg, it doesn't matter. So don't even bother looking. That may have been the intent behind the conspiracy theory iceberg. That may have been what the gatekeepers wanted all along. But when you take the conspiracy theory community and give it the power of an unfettered AI program, those gates are going to come crashing down. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.